Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day Dr. Sam has a master plan and a science attitude And the Jaffa Teal is part of the deal with his trusty Goa'uld It's just a regular day, it's gay command and it might be hard to understand To another episode of Three Fries Short, Unearthing the Stargate. I was kind of bummed out when we had to do this episode today because I was like, oh God, <laughs> not this one. But in rewatching it, you know, like you say, when we rewatch it, we find things in it that make yeah. it maybe a little more worthwhile or interesting. I was mm-hmm. a little um, concerned about thinking that it was going to uh, sound and feel more problematic than I think it actually was when I rewatched it. So. Yeah, and there's definitely some things in there that we'll talk about, but we are talking about season two, episode 13, which is Spirits, uh, the Native American episode, I believe. This is the only episode where they explore Native American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes yeah, you I- wonder if there was very much a reason for that. Like they, they, they were like dipped their toe in and then they were like, this is too we, close to home. Right. We probably shouldn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of very similarly to how the episode plays out. Yeah. yeah I had a hard time. I, I watched it late last night because I, in same thing, I think going into it, ex- I still think it's it's problematic, but not as, it's not as negative, but it's also not positive. Like, I think it played it extremely safe and baseline mm-hmm. with, with a lot of the dialogue it wasn't yeah. it wasn't emancipation it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't yeah. nothing <laughs> is that yes nothing <laughs> is that um but yeah it was interesting it, it was a unique rewatch mm-hmm. i'll say that yeah before we jump in do we have anything for the fry box any updates news stuff like that a couple people have emailed us um mm-hmm. or messaged us for a reservation slash call ahead, whatever you want to call it. Right. For Stargate Stargate Community College. We've officially said it, so now we can say it more. Um, Yeah. I I guess the biggest news is we are moving forward with potentially a a specific date, um, which I'm not sure if we said that last time, but... No, I don't think it's June June 18th, it's looking like. June 18th. Um, And the Eventbrite ticketing stuff is getting worked on as we speak. So um, there will be opportunities to more than just email in to save your spot, but actually go ahead and get a ticket. Um, 
for the event. So life has just been a little crazy, but we're getting it all together. You know, <laughs> when you think things are going fine, then it's like, you know, you know, we're just going to add like this one other random thing that really shouldn't affect your life too much, but it's taking up a lot of your brain space. Like that's where I've been this week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, ex exactly. And I think that's just a good for anyone out there is that it's okay for you to have all the plans laid out, like for us, like with our thing and be like going, going, going. And then at the same time, we all just hit like a stop point. We all were just like, I mean, I've break. Like <laughs> been stopped. Like I'm, yeah. I'm broken down on the side of the road. Mom marker two back here. I, I think we all joined you this week. I like, I just, I just stopped. I stopped. Like I barely, po I posted the bare minimum of TikToks. I just yeah. like it, I, all my drafts are empty now. <laughs> I don't have like, any drafts like but that is okay I think that's the whole thing is like it just it's okay for you to reach a space mentally or physically where you're like you know what that will get back on track in a little bit so that's okay I need to be I, done for now I think it's like yeah. you know and people listening probably know all of my running and weight loss and everything and uh it's the same kind of feeling of when you like I'm air quoting guys fall off the wagon um, <laughs> with that stuff too. And you're like, yeah. well, I can either just look at this as like a setback and then hop back on, or I can just drop everything completely. And right. obviously dropping everything completely is not the the better mindset of, of, mm -hmm. you know, like a health journey or any kind of, any kind of journey, mental health journey, health journey, anything. So yeah, I agreed. Um, this, this is our like, hang tight for a minute. We're still getting, we're going to get the episodes out. We got, podcast episodes coming out still so that's good mm -hmm. um yeah. but it's just it's a thing it's just, it's just life we have time yeah. we have till june we got time oh yeah. yeah one i think that's a good little just fry box segment around like one yes this is still going on but two just a little check-in like because we all have lives outside of stargate like this this is this very is, busy lives <laughs> this unfortunately <laughs> does not pay the bills right no. and so just i think for those who like, we are super appreciative for everyone who continuously listens to us and loves the discourse and is here. And we do this because we like that as well. Um, but we also give ourselves permission that when we can't do it, we won't do it because it should never feel like a job Work. that is daunting. It should be enjoyable. So, um, yeah, that's just for anything in life though. you should be that way. I was about way. to say, everyone should take that mindset and, and think about it because I think we put too much pressure on ourselves a lot of the time with, oh, for sure. And it just, it ends up doing the opposite of what you think it's going to do. You think putting that pressure on yourself is going to keep you like moving forward, but eventually you will just burn yourself out and like crash and burn. So yeah. like this I is have, the better of the two. <laughs> yeah. And it, being staying in the fry box segment and then we can jump out of it. But I, I listened to a really great live yesterday on TikTok and it was um, a black creator just talking about like her space on the app and really being self-aware of like what her purpose is there and what it is not. And like it just that whole dialogue around like being very... Um, mindful especially so tiktok has the thing about like just maybe not being the best for people of color like it's always like pushing their content there's a struggle there and so i just listened and truly tried to be super informed but the, her point she came across is that at some point there is a threshold with your followers or where that when you stop psychologically doing content for you and you start feeling like you need to feed the algorithm you need to yeah. feed it and it's at that point that you have to make a choice what do you do? Do you buck the followers and just keep staying your true course? Or do you give in to this like 
pressure of those that are following you. And it was a really great discourse and conversation. And I think it applies to everyone's life is like, whatever you're doing, make sure that you continue to like not lose focus on it. And like, don't let the pressures of other outside people determine your path. Like you do it because you want to do it, not because people's expectations are there of you. They're, they follow you because they like your authenticity. Don't change right. that. Yeah. Yeah. That says like every time I, you know, we talk to creators and stuff on TikTok that are always about follow count. And it's mm-hmm. just... You know, it's it's awesome to have more followers. I think it makes me feel great every time people follow me. I'm like, you really, you thank you. You like my stuff. But like, yeah, when you do, when you make that flip over to just trying to drive the numbers, are you are you making the stuff that people, your authentic followers, really followed you for in the first place? And you know, th- well, that's my that's my dilemma constantly on there. But I'll tell you, I have the same core group that you guys have. Like our mm-hmm. core group, it's the same. So yep. there's like this like peripheral bizarre number of people that have no they're just watchers and they're also they're not necessarily like supporters they're just like they're not critical to the discourse of what i do right they have that that they they like don't fog my brain up with like what the conversation should be it's that core group which we all have the same group yeah. and that's the, the ones that are that always the ones that comment, the ones that always engage yeah. when we all engage on each other's videos. That's, that's who, what we, those are the people that we do it for, you know? Yeah. So yeah. the rest don't, not that they don't matter. They all matter. Like, but it's just recognizing as a creator of content in any form for our podcast or for TikTok, it's, you stay true to like, what we want to do with it and the yeah. rest they're there. People are there because of, we do this. Don't we, we never should change this. So. Correct. So on that note, of so on being that authentic, note, keep your eyes and ears peeled, but June 18th is the, the date as we have it now. And an event bright should be launched soon. Mm-hmm. And, and that actually is a little bit of the theme of the, what we're going to talk about. Ironically, or at least my perceptions <laughs> of this episode at the end about being who you are, not who oh. you want people. Hmm. You there see we what go. I did there? Tying it see back in. See it? Let's I didn't bring plan it back that. around. I didn't plan that, but it actually makes sense. All right. Yeah, we can dive. We can dive in. We have All right. Here. So again, we're talking about season two, episode thirteen, which is called Spirits. And this episode opens up with SG-1 and Hammond. They're in the briefing room. And they're examining this crate full of what they call trinium. And it was brought back by SG-11 on a routine exploratory mission. And Sam mentions that she's heard about trinium. And it's supposed to be 100 times stronger and lighter than steel. But then Teal picks it up and it crumbles in his hand. I like a how, cookie. Like, the opening scene is like Teal handing it out to everybody. Like, I don't know why that struck me. But it's just like his hand like handing out like doses it's of like it. We, we brought enough to share with the whole class. Let's yeah, it out. That was like a show and tell. It's <laughs> enough for everyone. Um. And apparently, like, this is the raw material, and it's too brittle due to impurities. Um, so SG-11 was sent back to that planet to extract more, but they haven't reported back in 48 hours. So they're like, what's the deal, bro? Um, Hammond states that they did not see any indigenous people on that planet from what they could tell. And they kind of, like, go on a tirade about, like, well, are you sure? Like, it's a big planet. Eh, maybe. And it's like, yeah, like... I, and I feel like we've talked about this before, but 
they only really explore civilizations that are centered around the Stargate. There's mm-hmm. there's whole planets out there that could have other continents on it, other life forms, other people that they're just not even, they're blowing them off completely. Listen, that's just a Stargate thing. It's like the whole planet has to be the same thing. There's no diversity. <laughs> right. And I think that's something they explore in a future episode where... Yeah. They they come to that planet with like I don't know if it's two continents where mm-hmm. one believes this and the other believes that and yep. um they they do kind of explore that but I feel like they could have explored it more yes um so the gate activates and nobody comes through and then we see this arrow is just shot through the gate it pierces the glass of the briefing room and it goes directly into Jack's arm like perfectly in mm-hmm. like the arrow is on one side the tail and everything else is on the other like it's perfectly centered in his arm <laughs> and everyone and, falls down literally yeah. everyone falls down yeah yeah i think like they the force of that arrow is just- yeah, like they all duck because the glass, like it doesn't shatter, but it it like cracks all over. So I don't know what they thought, but well, because the, that's like bulletproof, like blast proof yeah. glass. So it fucking went through that. Like I would be terrified. I'd be like, I wonder, uh, no. And it makes me wonder, like, what launched it? Was it just a person on the other side, like shooting an it arrow was. from a bow? How? We How? We learn about that. He said. He he says it later. I'll tell you. Okay um but then you know hammond is like is everyone okay and jack is just like uh no (laughs) and this is where i was like i wish in a situation like this like i would be this kind of cool and unbothered but i would probably like he should be freaking out way more he should be in much more pain he might have peed his pants you know how i feel about that like (laughs) he was just like no 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 just Rebecca, some- what's your experience with people who have extreme injuries like this? Are they that cool and calm and collected? Um, you usually get to one of two extremes. You get the cool, calm, collected people, which also might have to do with a lot of times adrenaline. if they're in shock and the yeah. adrenaline's running. And then you have the people that are just over the top. Like, um, and I, again, the adrenaline <laughs> is probably preventing a lot of the pain in the moment, but it's, it's just like the whole the situation. Just like, this, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. my arm, <laughs> my arm, it's broken. <laughs> it's broken. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I've never, I've never broken a bone. I've Same. never had like never. a very serious injury like that. So I don't know how I would react. So that's maybe why I think like that kind of seems like an unrealistic reaction. I'll, I'll but- give you, I'll give you an example. Um, <laughs> it, because Bonnie, um, Bonnie, oh, Bonnie, Bonnie walked out onto her old deck one time. It was a second floor deck and I've been, I've been yelling at her. This was like 10 years ago and I've been yelling at her for a long time not to walk out on there because it needed to be replaced. Well, she walked out on it one night very briefly and the whole deck collapsed with her on it. Oh my <gasps> God. And no. she fell down to this onto the cement slab. That's, <gasps> that's the bottom. That's actually right outside my door is the bottom part of that. Oh God. Um, and to give you an idea of how people react in situations like that, like her injuries were like one of her heel bones was completely obliterated and her other knee was really messed up. And there was concern yeah. for like spinal injuries and stuff, but she, but she didn't, thankfully. Um, but <laughs> we were supposed to meet for dinner. I was getting off work and I called her to tell her like, hey, you know, are we good? And she answers the phone like while she's on the ground. And she's oh like, you can tell she's kind of breathing a little heavy, but she's not acting like. Anything. She's like, um, so I felt the deck fell and I was on it. (laughs) She's just like, like, I was like, excuse me, what? 
Um, so, so, so interestingly, like, yeah, it was chilling. a very similar sort of. <laughs> She's like, "We're I'm going to be a little thing. bit late for dinner." <laughs> so, Jesus. I mean, I, I got home by the time that the ambulance was like they had her loaded, and this was way before I had even considered becoming like working in EMS at all. So I had no oh, experience wow. with anything. But like, you know, they drove her to the hospital and everything. But but yeah, so that's kind of a it was kind of a Jack reaction. So mm, I yeah. think it's just like the in the moment, just the craziness of it. It's just, you know, anyway, that's, the, well, a, that's a Bonnie it, side story. Yeah. <laughs> and it leads me to like, you know, those scenes in TV and movies where like someone falls down or whatever. Like, oh, my God, I think my leg's broken. And it's like, I, I'm sorry if you're if you are in that much pain enough to know that your leg is broken, you would not just be like, oh, I think my leg is broken. Like you would be like. I would be swearing. I would be I right. would be like uh, screaming yeah. in pain. Well, and Jack's reaction is actually, you know, all he says is uh no, you know, and he's like yeah. in that like not again like He looks annoyed. Know, he's he looks, like, "Oh god, great. Like mm-hmm. put this on my rap sheet of injuries." But like, he's not also, saying a bunch. You know, he's yeah. still not, you know, doing that. So I feel like that would be a very similar response. Not that I've ever broken a bone, but like with all my like surgery shit going on and all the pain that comes along with the, those. It's sometimes you're just like, I can't say anything because it fucking hurts right now. So I'm just going to say yeah. fucking nothing. So you come across like calmer or more collected, but it's absolutely the opposite. But you're just <laughs> internally like fucking yelling at everybody. But that, that's probably what Jack was doing in that moment. <laughs> just like, yeah. really? We get it again. Again mm-hmm. with the injuries, but <laughs> yeah. Oh god, yeah. The, I think the only thing I can like relate that to, not from a surgery, was like when I had to go back to the hospital because of my issue I was having and the pain associated with that. And it was like that level of just like just nobody talk, just get yep. me where I need to go. Just yeah, don't, don't talk. <laughs> I think the worst pain I ever had, and this just goes to show you how like little things I've had in my life, like no, br- <laughs> but I had an abscess tooth. Oh, and it that was, can be real rough, though. It like, was, yeah. So uh, now I'm going to give you a side story. Sorry, guys. But like <laughs> I had braces for like all of high school. Massive amounts of like teeth were moved and readjusted and I had Oof. to have surgeries and whatnot. And one of these basically like my two tooths were like completely switched in position. That's how much they moved. Mm. And a couple years later it it ended up as like one of the teeth moved so much that the root was damaged and it's like okay well now we're just gonna be abscessed like fucking good luck girl and like i had never had a cavity in my entire life at that point so i i didn't know like i'd never experienced this pain and it was a top tooth like right in the front so it's like right access to like your nasal cavity like all that stuff it was so painful i couldn't sleep i couldn't focus on anything that wasn't that pain oh that's terrible Um, and with, I know that with like teeth and whatnot, like that shit can kill you. It's so close to your brain and, and your sinuses oh. and everything's all connected up there. That can kill you. Wasn't like oh. so Tesla or somebody like that that died from an abscess tooth? Oh, I don't know. Some, I don't know. Somebody like that did. Give it a goog. <laughs> Interesting. Just give it a goog. Our, our handy dandy Googler. <clears throat> yeah. But it's, I mean, yeah, back in the day. And that wasn't that long ago. But like, if this was like the 1500s, you go and die. You have yep. to have us too. Yep. You're going to die, bitch. Like, yeah. what a way yeah. to go. Because we don't have penicillin at that point. <laughs> yeah. Or like, just yank it out and be, have Ugh. a snaggle tooth your whole life. Maybe you'll live. Yeah, mouth so. pain's oh. no joke, though, because you, you have to use your mouth like 
regularly throughout the it day was, yeah, for one thing it, or another. So it's not it like you can just avoid it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like it only hurt when I ate or drank something. It was just constant, incessant, like could not focus on anything else. So oh, go to the dentist. Make sure you check yeah, in. Um, feel- if you have the means and ability to, please don't don't skip out floss regularly. This has been my PSA. This has been our it. new segment. Be- SGC yeah, infirmary. Like, I, did, I did everything right and still like ended up with an abscess. Do we have an answer? Tooth. We do. Adam um, with the answer. Hugo Boss, Jethro Tull, and musician John Glasscock both died from abscess teeth. Oh. But nothing on Nikola's Tesla. Interesting. He died from something similar. But yeah, you similar. can die from it. Oh, wow. That's... Anyway, that, what a that way to was go. a okay. tangent. That so. was a tangent, but you know, it's right before the opening credits of the episode. So, <laughs> so back. So Jack is now out of commission, but SG One are still going to ship out, and Sam's going to be in command. It's her first command. So that was such a cute scene because Jack's like, "Hey, he calls her Sam." Yeah, he's like first command. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he does call mm-hmm. her Sam. Yeah, yeah. No, Tesla died from some infection from other injuries. I think. So. Yeah, interesting. Still, still things that don't get tended to, and you know, antibiotics are not around, and people die. So, organ transplantary. Oh my god! So, the arrow um, they found out was native North American, but a more advanced design and forged from pure trinium. So, they had somehow found a way to draw out the impurities and make it pure and very strong um sam says if there are native americans on this planet they've come a long way technologically in the past few hundred years Mm -hmm. and daniel's like oh yeah and we just marched in and started mining like yeah Mm -hmm. you fucked it up already good job so there's this piece of dialogue um Uh where hammond is kind of telling sam the the mission do you guys want to read that sure Yeah. yeah i'll be hammond Carter and uh, Sarah, I'll be you get, the one O'Neill. You, you get the you get like one of my favorite <laughs> sarcastic lines from him. So, um, all right, I've just talked to the Pentagon. While they're obviously concerned about finding SG eleven, they also want to avoid further upsetting the indigenous people. Meaning, they don't want to risk losing the trinium. Your secondary objective is to negotiate a mining treaty with these people. Obviously, we started our relations on the wrong foot. But that's so rare, sir. <laughs> I love because like everyone's like look Teal especially is just like, yep, yep, that tracks. Like, uh, and Hammond's just like whatever. Yep. Oh, so God. Sam is taking over. There's this cute moment where where he's like first command day, eh? and he calls her Sam. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like this really cute like good luck. I know you got this girl because. He- you the best um they arrive at the campsite on that planet uh but no sg11 it appears they vanished in midair while they were mining so it looks like they had planted some charges one went off the other one did not like it's it's almost like they were just there's a report just mid Mm -hmm. just stopped midway like yeah like the coffee boiled over like Mm -hmm. it's just they they disappeared and then they hear like some strange sounds. There was this really funny line where T- like Teal is like looking around and mm-hmm. his spidey sense is tingling. And he's like, you know, I'm certain I heard something. Yeah. And Daniel's like kind of joking. He's like, ghosts? 
And Teal says, Jafar do not believe in such things. But like, so that, as, but like, as he's actively like, I heard something. Yeah. Well, we don't believe in these things, but what is happening? So, side note: ghosts apparently are not a part of Jaffa legend. Nope, ghosts did not make the cut. That is no. not common space person knowledge. It, like, it is that not. Is... But, Tokra, yes, but ghosts, like later, no. like ascended individuals are, but ghosts mm-hmm. did not. That's a little loophole there because mm-hmm. ascended people are ghosts. Yep. Anyway, I that's the topic for way later. All right. <laughs> so while investigating the area, they find this large totem pole with uh, pieces of trinium that are forged into it. Um, so Sam kind of asks Daniel, what's this mean? And he says it's a clan crest akin to the style of the Central Coast Salish Indians. It tells the story of the clan's origin. This one tells how they were brought here from a distant planet by the evil rulers. According to this figure, and he points to this little Jaffa-like figure. Which you can has tell the it- same Teal'c symbol, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's like they modeled it after Teal'c in, like, totem totem form. Yep. Um, so he says, according to this figure, and he points to the Jaffa, little Jaffa figure on the totem pole, uh, the evil rulers were probably Jaffa, taking them from Earth. So... They kind of deduce that, okay, this was a planet that was colonized by the Gould. They mm-hmm. took they took them from Earth. Um, so he said, according to the crest, the Gould were destroyed by Zales, who protected them ever since. He's the Salish main spirit. On Earth, he is a benevolent one, traditionally represented by this raven figure. Mm-hmm. And then Teal'c sees a wolf while they're looking around. They're shot with darts and they pass out. I love that it's Teal'c that's like, I'm seeing shit, guys. Like, I swear. Like, <laughs> I swear. Yeah. I'm seeing it. I love it. I love it. Because Carter's just looking at him like, what? He's like, no, it was there. The wolf is there. Yeah. He's like, got a staff weapon. Like, I see it. I'm not crazy. Oh, God. Um. So, yeah. And I didn't research. I should have looked into this more uh, about the Salish people Um, to see. And this just shows, you know what? Please hold. <laughs> Are you doing your goog? Well, okay, this is because, and I didn't want to sound ignorant, but I didn't know if this was something they just made up for the show, like just make up a name of a Native American tribe for the show, or if they're basing it off of a real tribe. And it is a real tribe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, honestly, what would be worse, like making something up or appropriating this tribe and I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that I think it's appropriation of the tribe, though. Like, And they obviously picked one that is kind of more associated with the area that the show was made, which is interesting to me because that's a Pacific Northwest sort of thing versus, mm-hmm. um, you know, going with a completely different. Now, what they don't do is bother to get like, you know, all accurate actors and stuff, whatever, from those tribes. But Right. And, and I don't know if... The things that they wore were accurate. Um, oh, guaranteed the costumes no. were not. Guaranteed. Yeah, no. no. And but, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Like, at the same time, you could argue, they could argue that, well, these people are from them, but they're on this, they've been on this planet for, you know, true years and years and years and years and years and years. So things have changed. Like, obviously, the things that they're wearing have trinium all in them and everything anyway, like, as a big part of all of their stuff. So. Yeah. 
Um, that that's the argument that could be made. It's not like they're they're actually trying to specifically say these are exactly like the people, you know, on Earth. But yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. It is. So. It does hit a lot of similar notes, though, that that like a lot of like talk, the speaking of like culturally the the people like in emancipation as far as trying to be like Mongolian people and these mm-hmm. people trying to be, you know, it hits a lot of the same like, but they really do. They brush over it. They don't like I think somebody said earlier, they don't really they don't get into specifics with it. And that was probably on purpose, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, that's my big, like, thing is what you guys are saying is, like, I wish that in, if they were to redo this episode today, it would be nice to actually get um, way more, like, like, make it more authentic and, and actually find actors from the tribe or do, you know, be a little bit more respectful. people that are experts on, on this correct history so that it's more accurate more respectful and i do Um, think that's kind of the biggest difference that if it had been made today like i don't feel like the 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 underlying message and the themes for this episode are are wrong for today i think they're they're very correct but like just just being more respectful like you're saying is probably what would be different today like even down to like whatever the music design was for this episode being like do we have to like constantly Mm -hmm. put in this like very stereotypical you know 90s like native american sounding music in it you know well and i think that comes down to like being more of an active ally to kind of creating that space is being proactive of like doing those things even if it's not being asked to be done it's the right thing to do is to have the right representation. Right. Um, so. Anyway. And then logistically, I was wondering, how did this, like, so back when the gold were on Earth, they were kind of based in Egypt, right? You know, like, that's where the Stargate was found. That's, I would assume, was like their main area, their hub. Mm-hmm. But then you go to planets like Samaria, where there's descendants from Norse people. You go to planets like this one where there's descendants from Native Americans, where they literally just like roving all over Earth, just like snatching up people left and right. Like, I want some of them. And oh, those people look <laughs> cool. I'll take some of them. Like, it makes you wonder, how did that work logistically? Where there's, you know, if they were based in, in Egypt and that region, how do we get Native Americans on this planet that were brought there by gold? They must have been like roving around the world like snatching people up left and right yeah i mean i feel like they had to be but what i find interesting is that they never blended them like there was never a like okay we are going to drop these different people on one planet it's like oh you're from a different part of earth cool we're gonna put you on a totally different planet you guys do not get to know each other right (laughs) and and then you have like i guess the it depended on whoever's motive like in brief candle what Pelops, his motive was just to experiment on people. Uh-huh. Like, was the motive experimentation or slavery or whatever? So, I don't know. I think I think especially in early seasons of Stargate, the the they were really obsessed with like the idea that because these people were were kept 
you know, as slaves in whatever planet they were brought to, it stunted their like development or whatever. And so, oh, look, we get to see all of these societies as they're basically very similar to what they were. And like, that seems yeah. like something they did a lot like more early on. Um, mm-hmm. Cause obviously, you know, we've got quite a few that you've just talked about that, that mm-hmm. do yeah. that in these first two seasons. Um, and it's just kind of, it's just blatant, you know, it's just like a, there's there's not any like nuance really to it at all so yeah and i feel like in in this episode a lot especially they kind of infantilized the the salish people or like at least in this episode they Mm -hmm. were kind of treated like children and not Mm -hmm. very respected and and we can talk about that more but let's let's get back on track yeah so they wake up and they're in this large lodge it's a building it's not like kind of what you would expect it's not like you know like it it's a large building that it almost is, looks like um, a temple it it's yeah. more of a temple to me than a like prison or place yeah um that's open like there's open doors they could easily walk out um sam says the walls are made of a flexible trium fiber i bet it's waterproof and it's incredibly strong daniel says it's amazing they've managed to evolve technologically yet essentially maintain their way of living and then Teok says, we observe no facilities for manufacturing. There should be visible indications of processing. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple notes here. So she's, you know, they're noticing, okay, well, they somehow harnessed this trinium and, and purified it so that they could use it in other ways. But, you know, they've evolved technologically, but they're still living kind of this more primitive, quote unquote, mm-hmm. lifestyle. They're, you know, they're still kind of living in this nomadic life where they... They still migrate to different areas during different seasons. Um, and then Teal was like, well, I don't see there's no indication of them processing this. How do they how do they clean the ore? How do they manufacture it? So they're kind of picking up on a lot of things here where things aren't exactly fitting in. Right. Right. Um, and then Sam tries to leave, but she's kind of like stopped by someone outside and, and they're they're like, well, OK, if we're prisoners, we, you know, SG-11 must be OK because we're not dead. So they probably took them as prisoners elsewhere. Um, and then a man enters the lodge and introduces himself as Tanane. And he mm-hmm. is our main character for this planet. Do you guys want to read through this? It's Tanane, yeah, Carter and Daniel. So, yeah, I'll be Daniel. OK, I'll be Tanane. And then I'll do Teal'c. I'll do Teal'c and Daniel. Okay. Um, so they kind of introduce themselves, and then he looks at Teal'c and he says, "The spirits have said the spirits say you have a demon inside of you, Teal'c. The demon will cause you no harm. I give you my word. Normally that would mean a great deal to me, but how do I know the value of your word? We've only just met. We mean you no harm, Tanane. If you mean us no harm, why do you bring weapons? self-defense our friends are missing we need to find them they're not missing they're with the spirits what you mean dead no 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 with the spirits uh oh the spirits you don't know the spirits sam oh we we know the spirits we we definitely know the, the the spirits but there's many in the forest specifically which spirits are they with zales probably maybe takaya are we prisoners? No, you're free to go. Can we have our weapons back? Okay. This this dialogue really 
I wasn't, I'm not sure how to like the way that they wrote to Nani, like it, it can, it's very intentional. Um, cause at first I was like, maybe it's just like the acting, but he's just very, um, uh, I'm wondering if it's because of who the actor is, because he was a fairly, like he's been in a lot of things, including dances with wolves and like, um, I don't know if I, I don't know enough. I haven't seen enough with him in it to be like, is that maybe just his his like personality? Um, but it could be just because it does seem very much like a like he's such a character in this like introduction of him that you're like, this seems more than just what the writers did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, though, it's like the only thing I can think of is like the character being because they they talk a lot about how they haven't advanced too far, you know? So there's still not this, like, for me, it's like, there's no critical discourse. There's very much an acceptance of like, yeah, okay, sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. You're here. They're there. Like, there's no, um, no reasoning beyond that. I think it's just very much accepts reality for what it is. And there's no like pursuing of other knowledge. I don't, I don't know. It was, it's, I don't know how to think about the, about that it's, character it's almost, we can talk about it more later but yeah it's almost jarring how laid back he is when they're so used to being met with force yeah where he's like okay yeah it's gonna go here you go bye like see ya but then he also as of right now we don't really know but he has the knowledge of like these spirits mm -hmm. and he's he knows what they can do so he feels protected mm -hmm. that's true um, that's fair so Tanani says that SG-11 were taken by the spirits for making war on the mountain to get the key, which is the trinium. Mm -hmm. um, Sam lets him know that it's not their custom to leave their friends behind, and Tanane offers to introduce them to the spirits. And they believe that Tanane is blaming the spirits for his actions. So they're like, oh, they probably did something to SG-11, and they're saying it was these spirits that did it. Yeah, we can read um, through this if you want. Yep, I'll stick with B and Tanane. Okay. Uh, Tanane, uh, I was wondering, how is it that you remove the impurities from the key so that it won't crumble? Well, first, we ask the, uh, the spirits to ask the mountain for the key. Then, if the mountain is in a good mood, they drop the key into the river. The river cleans the key until it's shiny, and then we take it out of the river and shape it into whatever we need. And then they're walking through the forest, and he's just kind of shouting. He's like, Zales, Takaya. You know, Dude. he's kind of just shouting out for him like it's the dog. Like, come on, you <laughs> bet. Daniel's just like, wait, you're not going to perform a ceremonial dance or or something. My great great grandfather used to call the spirits that way, but then one day Azales just said, "Call my name," and that's what we do. <laughs> so <laughs> it was funny too because on the way to the forest, Daniel's talking to Sam. He's like, "Hey, like they may make you do some like crazy." dance or ritual like, or something just go with like it. just just yeah just be prepared and then it just turns out he's like walking through the forest calling them like hey guys where you at um so it was funny and, and it's so he's so laid back and nonchalant um mm -hmm. it's again it's it's kind of jarring because we're not used to seeing this kind of openly friendly accepting and not hostile group of people yeah it's really um, interesting um so i'll keep going 
they see a wolf and Tanane calls this wolf Takaya. So this is one of the spirits. And he tells Sam to ask Takaya where the friends are. And there's this kind of moment where he's like, oh, your coat is very beautiful today. And then he kind of like looks at Sam. He's like, come on, like a compliment wouldn't bother you. Come on. I I love Sam's pure just annoyance in this whole spot. Yeah, and and you know he's like, come on, go on, give her a compliment. She's like, my, your what big eyes you have, or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, Sam, that's what you could think of. It's um, like, what is that from? Is that from um, Little Red Riding Hood? Guy, yeah, Little or Red Riding Hood. Oh God, um, that's so, so good. You know, he's he's trying to urge her, like, okay, like ask her. There she is. Like, go. And Sam feels like silly. She's like, this is ridiculous. She starts like, to say, she starts to like say something. And then she's like, yeah. no, no, this is stupid. Yeah. She's very, very included. on brand for Carter, for the scientist. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I actually included, um, if you want to read that Sam part. Yep. I can only see a wolf, Tanane, uh, a beautiful animal, granted, but not a spirit. You can't see the wind either, Sam, but you know it's there. You can hear it. You can feel it. You can see its effects on the trees. It's the same with the spirits. You see a wolf, but Takaya is here. So he's trying to explain. Um, and this is where this is where Earth and humans and SG-1 kind of do themselves a disservice by just writing off people who are not as advanced as them. as just like silly and they're just not advanced and they're not as smart as we are type of thing. Um, and then suddenly we see this raven and it calls and it lands nearby a tree behind them Daniel turns and walks a little closer to the tree where Zales is perched and that dialogue is actually uh, Daniel speaking Yeah, if uh, you would like to read that yes let me let me get caught up because I just had to go uh, cancel a cat fight in the background <laughs> okay hold on where is it? So, oh, oh okay. Well, you're not going to perform ceremonial. Where did? Where is nope. it? The raven. Hmm. Suddenly, the raven calls, lands directly behind the tree. Daniel turns. Um. Why am I not seeing it? It says Daniel with a colon and. He Zales. says Zales. Mm-hmm. This is because I like I have the ceremonial dance. No, nope. and then they see a wolf, and Tanani calls Takaya. He tells Sam to ask Takaya yeah, where their friends are. We did are. that. We did that. Oh, wait, did I just miss a lot of? Did it's we already right go past the that. elders? It's right past where you were. <laughs> no, I don't see Daniel. No, we're not at the elders yet. It's you not guys, in capital letters. <laughs> Suddenly a raven calls and yeah, Daniel right, right after that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's no Daniel in front of it. I just added it. I don't know if it updated. Oh, no, I didn't see that. My bad. <laughs> it updated was... on my end. <laughs> oh, not on mine. That explains a lot. Okay. Um, all right, Zales, we mean you and Tanani no harm. We apologize for any misunderstanding you've had with our friends. If you would release them, we'd be very grateful. So the raven calls and it flies away, and Tanani nods at calls, him. And it they, calls in like a more echoey way, like, like oh, it's more mysterious, like more mysterious and, sounding. Yeah. Um, so Tanani um, nods 
at him and then mm-hmm. turns to accompany SG-1. They continue into the forest a short distance, and the raven caws and land on a pine tree ahead of them. Tanane approaches the raven. Tanane says, Zales has granted your request. Your friends will be released. And then Sam turns to see Takaya walk into a mist in front of them, and then seconds later, all seven members of SG-11 walk out of the mist. I didn't realize there were seven members of SG-11. Why is that? What, Why what is there so SG- many? I don't know. And Maybe. sorry, you're going to hear cats in the background, guys. Sorry, there's a cat fight going. Anyway, sorry. That's <laughs> fine. Right. Why? It'll, be, it'll be a nice background music, uh, <laughs> audio. To, yeah. This mysterious moment in the forest with a cat fight. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, but seven. What is SG-11? What's their... their- it was probably SG eleven, and then some some people that specialized in like mining and Mine, stuff. Yeah, because they would have needed more than just four people to try to do that. I would assume. Yeah, but it's Connor so, again. We get to see Connor again. Yeah, he was in the first commandment, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Same guy. A little continuity for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they. So what? Um, so there's some Carter Connor yeah. dialogue. So Carter's like, "Whoa, Tanane," because Connor is kind of looking at Tanane a little weirdly. There's just some confusion or something, or yeah. seeming confusion. Uh, and Carter says, "Whoa, Tanane, Captain, this is Tanane. He's our friend. He said he asked you to stop blasting. Is that true?" Yes, he did. But we'd already set two hot charges. I told him to wait until after the blast, and then we'll talk. He just walked away. Mm. So Sam tries to open up more dialogue regarding the Trinium and Tanane tells her that you guys got to speak to our elders. Like, sorry, like not, <laughs> not my job right now. So they're talking to these elders and one of them says, I'm sorry. We understand, Sam, that you have no ill intentions, that you only wish to extract the key, but your methods are wasteful and violent. They not only upset our people, but our spirits. And then another elder says, why can you not be content with the key that the spirits send down the river? Carter says, our people may need more than the river can provide, but we don't wish to shorten your supply. Now, we do have other mining methods that are less destructive. So these elders suggest that Sanane goes back to Earth with SG-1 to learn more. And this raven is inside the lodge and the raven calls. And one of these elders speaks up saying, no, like the spirits say it's not safe. Uh, it's too dangerous. But Tanana is like, hey, like, they're they're okay. Like, they can go through and they're fine. Like, I want to go. I want to check it out. Right. So they go through and they're all in the infirmary and Sam's kind of catching Jack up on what happened. And Hammond requests that Tanane undergo a brief medical exam. And then you kind of have Connor in the background and he pipes up. He's he's He ensures him that it won't hurt. He's like, it's okay, Tanane. It won't hurt at all. Um, which was kind of a weird thing, but then mm-hmm. it'll make more sense mm-hmm. when you look back on it. So in the briefing room, there's a video of various mining techniques being displayed on a monitor and Tanane is watching it and is trying to learn more about it. And he says, these ways are just as wasteful and destructive as others. And I'll read. So Hammond says, that's only the first part of the process, Tanani. Later, we restore the land and replant the trees. You haven't seen those images yet. I'm convinced that our way is best. It is the best way and the only way we will allow you to take the key. So they've kind of reached an impasse. And Daniel's kind of, Daniel can actually read a room for once and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, it's not a like, 
spot, come with me and I'll show you like mm-hmm. the history of your ancestors was that came that from way, this though? planet. I thought I thought Hammond was like Jackson, go go show Tanane the rest of the base because he's about to turn around and tell everybody else outside of Tanane being there that what they were actually mm. gonna do. Like that's how I read that scene. I, mean, I don't da- have an opinion because on because Daniel does isn't the one that imi- that initially offers. It's Hammond that tells Daniel to Was give Tanane a tour, and and Daniel goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah," and he's all excited. Daniel obviously is because Daniel wants to show him like images of his ancestors and everything, um, and probably is being a little naive to me as well, like mm-hmm. Daniel is, because as soon as they leave the room, that's when this rest of this conversation happens. So, mm. but okay, I do, but I do I didn't catch s- that. But I see both because I kind of feel like Sarah's point too. Like even if it is like Hammond saying that, like Daniel is still like reading the room in the sense of like, "Ooh, let's go!" Like I'll take you to talk about these things. Like he's he's not questioning it. He's like, "Yes, I think this would be the right thing to do." So I think he's like in on it, but he's totally oblivious to it's also the way to yeah. get them out of the room. Yeah, so if you we, go back, have, at, like I watched it like literally right before we started recording, and it's definitely mm-hmm. Hammond. And even the look he gives is like a you can tell oh, he's okay. in, he's like, on to something. He's doing you're something. You're forcing our he, hand, yeah. to to be the bad guy or yeah. whatever. Let's read through this. Okay. Um, there's O'Neill, Hammond, Connor, and Carter. Some Carter in there too. A good bit of Carter and O'Neill and Hammond, and then Connor's like one line. Okay, I'll do Carter. I'll do I'll do O'Neill and uh, Connor as well. Okay, perfect. Um, so Jack says, "Well, his mind is made up. That's unfortunate." And then this is Connor. They're offering to share their trinium, sir. Small deposits washed down from the mountain over thousands of years. That may be enough trinium to meet the needs of the of Tanani's tribe, but not enough for any practical application. Therefore, I have been ordered to consider other initiatives initiatives nothing sinister captain the nid has a proposal before the pentagon suggesting that when the salish migrate south we send another sg team to the planet to continue extracting samples and leave again before the salish return you mean steal it i'm not comfortable with that sir and then connor says sir they set us free last time but if they caught us mining the mountain again they might not be so gracious I don't like the idea of lying to Tanani's people any more than you do. But the next time the gold attack, we might not be so fortunate. We need whatever military advantages we can find, if that means trinium. Sir, I am all for getting the trinium, but there has to be an alternative. Is anyone at the Pentagon or along the chain of command remotely concerned about the aboriginal rights, repeating history, that annoyingly pesky moral stuff? That's enough, Colonel. With respect, General, I think he's right. Yeah, what the hell? It worked before. I've got assurances that it will only be a small exploratory operation with much less damage to the mountainside. And hopefully, what they don't know won't hurt them. Dismissed. So, pause. Yeah. Sarah, your audio changed. It did. And oh. I will make sure that your microphone is still working. Hello? Yeah, yeah it, now like it's switched. it switched. For some reason, it sounded like it switched. Check your audacity, because when that happened to me one time, it stopped on my audacity. Hello? Oh, it was still working. 
Okay, okay. Now it sounds better, but it was. I think I just moved it down, and I don't know if my cord came loose or something. Okay. Yeah, it like started doing like a distant echo. It'll Not be fine echo. for that dialogue, but because it it switched like in the middle of all that dialogue, mm, so okay, it's not like it switched a long time ago or something. My God. <laughs> right. So okay, so let's break this down because we're actually seeing. I think Adam just sneezed. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're actually seeing a, a situation where Earth were the bad guys. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go in and be like fuck those people we want we want what they have we're gonna go in and take it right from underneath them and of um, course it's on a native story plot like right. like history repeat like like jack said like history repeating itself mm-hmm. aboriginal rights like we've done this before like you really want to go do that again yeah really um and this, uh, I'll, I'll wait till the end to to make that point because I was talking to Adam about this episode, like when I was done watching it. Um, but it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's it's fucked up that you know, like they're they're so dead set on like um, of getting what they want and like, oh, we have to protect ourselves from the gold, and it's like you're you're willing to risk and hurting people going and destroying their land by by mining and stuff yeah it's wrong it's so wrong and of course and this is the part where i think the show could have been more interesting because you have sg1 Jack, Sam, Daniel's not here, but I'm sure he obviously would agree. But they're like on the right side of things. They're like, no, this is wrong, which obviously they're the heroes of the show. Like they, you know, they're they want we want them to do the right thing. But in reality, would they if this was a real operation and real military personnel would they be standing up to their superior officer like that and this comes well i mean what they did just in that conversation wasn't a hundred percent standing up it was just you know they're having that meeting they're having that dialogue Mm -hmm. it's kind of an allowable space for it but this is again why i'm like it makes perfect sense why hammond was like daniel go take tanani around i think it was really really like shady you know they already made up their mind they were like okay if they don't let us do what they want we have this backup plan but hammond also knows that daniel's the one that's gonna like put up the biggest fight yep he he says that's shitty as fuck to do to daniel like mm -hmm. he's part of your team and you you literally leave him out of the conversation because he knows because yeah. Hammond knows Hammond knows exactly how that conversation is going to go because Hammond also knows that it's wrong but yep. he's doing his thing by following his orders and therefore Jack and Sam eventually if it had gotten pushed far enough like Sarah you're asking I think they would have followed the, their orders Absolutely, they would have. you know but Daniel's not going to which is why Daniel's not in the room <laughs> yeah so because fuck he would because he can operate outside of the military. He's not like court martialable or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he could like tip them off. Um mm-hmm. I mean, but, he has already, he has a track record of doing similar things. I mean, right, so. right. I'm not gonna lie. Like I would have I would have I would have done that in mm-hmm. Daniel's shoes. I would have absolutely. So I don't think it's right. But at the same time, I yeah, not being a sympathizer, but like 
Hammond, you know, they're in this position, like without context, without knowing the people, I think it's very easy on a report to be like, well, this makes sense. Just cover it up and do that. No harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. But that's where we get it so wrong because you can't just put people as like data on a spread. Mm -hmm. Like there's life there. You have to be very respectful of it. There are other ways to defend against the Gould. It's not like this is the only space in the world or right. in the universe. So it, anyway. And that's the thing. Like it starts off small. It's like, okay, this is harmless. We're not hurting anybody. We're just going in while they're not there and taking some and like we'll replay the like whatever. But then it's like that opens the door for for more later. To, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're doing this to defend yourselves like you think you need it to defend yourself what are you now willing to do in order to get what you need to defend yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So it's it's opening that door for, for worse things to come. Um, so Connor walks into Hammond's office and Hammond is like annoyed. He's like, I have a meeting. Like, what do you like? We're done. We're done mm-hmm. here. Like Hammond's kind of being a dick. Um, But then Connor, the only way I could describe it was like he claps his forearms together, like. But it's literally the like this. Yeah, I don't. I've I've seen it before, and I don't know where, but it was very like bippity boppity. Do you guys? Sorry, there there is cats (laughs) dying in the background. Why are they so? Uh, They're so uh, at each other lately. I don't know. Sorry. I that's how I, I don't know. It's because, on the couch. You know what though? It's because it's the time of day we're recording. Because uh, like this is their yeah. this is their zoomy hour. So it's their so active noted. active time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So noted. Sorry guys. It's just gonna be a very scary and tux um soundtrack episode. I think it works. I think it works for the episode. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, Connor, he claps his forearms together and Hammond disappears. And he returns to the briefing room to find five members of SG-11 waiting for him. And he says, as I suspected, they intended to see our friend Tanane. It is time we show the Earthlings the power of the spirits. So, plot twist. It's not Earth, SG-11. Earth done fucked it up. Mm-hmm. We fucked it up. Um, so they begin to go around the base, disappearing other SG workers. Uh, one man, a doctor, is able to sound the alarm before he too is whisked away. And then Jack calls a code nine over the intercom, whatever that means. Uh, Daniel and Tanane hide. He's like, because Daniel's like, like, they're walking through the corridor and Tanane's like, like what's, no idea. what's that? Like, what's going on? And Daniel's like, it means I get to show you like this really cool part of the base, and he just like takes him into the <laughs> storage, storage closet, <laughs> and and they hide. That was the most relatable dialogue when we get to it. Like that was the I I could oh god I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Sam, Jack, and Teal'c meet up at the armory. They're the only ones that made it that weren't vanished away and jack says brace yourself <laughs> sg11 is bopping around waving their arms <laughs> making our people disappear what is that <sighs> i'm gonna i don't know if i'm gonna sound like an idiot but it's like i think it was like this little song sharon lois and bram please 
tell me if you know what I'm talking about. No. But it's like little bunny frou frous <laughs> hopping oh, yeah, through yeah, the, yeah, forest. the forest. Yes, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> scooping up the field mice and, and bopping, bopping them, them on, on their, their head. head. <laughs> That's what I thought of. Um, oh god. So it's because like, wait, we didn't bring back SG11. What the hell? So they run into Doctor Warner, which is one of the, Doctor. the doctors that they disappeared. Uh, they disappeared him before they sounded. He sounded the alarm, and he tells them. He tells SG One that it was Tanane. He was the one that made everyone vanish. And he says, "It's Tanane we have to find. The others are meaningless." I love how and Jack's like. Uh, he even mouths. He's like meaningless. <laughs> like that's not a very like human thing. That just was a very weird turn of phrase. That doesn't sound like a normal person would say that. Yeah. So Jack confronts him, and D- Warner. Quote, I like unquote. how Jack's just like, "Who are you?" Like yeah. just immediately, "Who are you?" <laughs> like, so he's not like not phased. He's nope. just like, "All right, that the gigs up, gigs up." Right. Um. So he says, "I'm one of Tanane's guardian spirits, Colonel O'Neill. If you know where he is, take me to him. Otherwise, if you harm him or myself, your people will never be returned to you." And Jack says, we don't respond well to threats. And Warner says, neither do we. So Tilk ends up shooting him with a zat. He falls mm-hmm. to the floor. His true form is revealed. He is humanoid. His face is rather different in that he has several gill-like slits where his nose would be. And he's wearing a long metallic looking gown. Uh, what gets me with this alien design is not the look, but the sound effects. Oh, mm. God. Do you They're notice like- that like, yeah, like, when they breathe, it's weird. I'm Ugh. just I just can't get past the like silver gowns and how not practical that outfit is for any yeah. sort of real life it's situation. Weird. I feel like they often do that when, when they want to show not just Stargate, but like a lot of sci fi shows when they want to show like super advanced and, and like, you know, out there aliens. They put them in clothes that are like, well, how how are you going to do Shiny. anything in that? <laughs> How are you going to do yeah. anything in that? You can't camouflage yourself on your planet even. Like, it's just not. Yeah. I guess since you can shapeshift, it doesn't matter. But, you know. True. It's it's like a muumuu, though. It's like comfortable. It's, it's a silvery muumuu. <laughs> I mean, I get it from a comfort perspective. Sure. Just no, not practical. No. Joey and Fabrics, man, they were they were helping <laughs> the show true. out. Last week it was the Toker High Council. Yep, yep. They're hitting up that cosplay section. So they're hitting <laughs> the up worst discount. possible no, way. No, they're it's the discount, it's the discount section. God. I'll have a uh, hundred yards of the shiny fabric. <laughs> Need to make fifty alien costumes. <laughs> Gil knows but- aliens. They gotta have shiny <laughs> costumes. But it's really just yeah. moo's. We're just making moo's for them. Nothing special. Nothing true. cool. <laughs> So they take him to the infirmary and one of these aliens is taken the form of Hammond and they're with the wolf who is Takaya and they vanish a couple of guards and then they take their true form. They're like, okay, nobody's here. Like, it's like, like taking off your bra after a long day. It's like the equivalent of like, oh, I'm really tired of being Hammond right now. Let me just (laughs) take (laughs) this disguise off. off. Um, and they're, they're like, they've, they talk about how they've lost contact with Zales, and if they lose contact with each other, like we need to destroy this base. Um, so Daniel and Tanane find Jack, Sam, and Tuk in the infirmary. There was that scene where Daniel like kind of fesses up to Tanane. He's like, something's not right, something's wrong. We have to find Jack. Mm-hmm. And Tanane just looks at him, he's like, Well, he's not in here. Yeah, so, he's not like, in this. 
thanks for showing me all your supplies, but... Tech's not here. Um, so they, they do meet up with him in the infirmary, and we have, like, lots of lots of dialogue. Yep. Um, um, okay, so it's O'Neill, Tanani, Carter, Teal'c. Okay, so Sarah, what do you want to do, O'Neill or Tanani? I'll do O'Neill. Okay. It's mostly O'Neill and Tanani, so yeah, I'll, I'll do Carter I'll do and Teal'c. Because those okay, are just, then, like, one lines. All right, and then I'll just do Chinani. Okay. So Jack says, our people are disappearing all over the base, and it has something to do with you. Did you know Connor and SG-11 are really aliens? What are aliens? Come here. And he takes Tanani to see Zales. Tanani is shocked to see his appearance. <laughs> that is an alien. It also happens to be one of your spirits. Probably Zales. Zales? Is that you? And then uh, Zales can't really oh, respond yeah, yeah, or sorry. doesn't want to answer. Yep, and he goes, if he was Jack, he's he'd probably answer. Teal'c says, in the world of my origin, there were beings who pretended to be gods so they could conquer my world and rule with fear. Perhaps that is the way of your spirits. I feel sorry for your people, Teal'c, but my spirits aren't evil. They don't rule us. They protect us. Tanane, that is Zales. And right now, he's trying to conquer this base. Now, I want to know and why, and more importantly, I want to know how to stop him. The spirits I know wouldn't threaten your people unless you were doing something to threaten mine. Are you, Jack? Because if you are, there's no way to stop them. Zales and Takaya and the other spirits, they'll destroy you. That's when Tanane is getting serious. Mm -hmm. Like he spent the whole episode up until now just being like, mm, I'm happy, you know, happy go lucky, whatever. And then, and yeah. I think this does show why he is like that though, because he's like, I don't, I'm not afraid of anything because my spirits are protecting exactly. me. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately for you, Jack, if you're doing something <laughs> wrong, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so we have some more Teal, yep. O'Neill, Daniel. So I'll just stick with O'Neill. Teal, says, clearly we must convince the aliens that we will make no further attempts to extract Trinium from their world. The fact is, we got caught plotting behind closed doors. Now, I don't know how we're going to convince them our world is good for squat. I mean, my God, we shot that one. <laughs> we came across any more of them. I don't think it's going to be a very long conversation. Okay, we can still appeal to the elders. Tell them what's happened. You mean fess up? Mm -hmm. So, Jack, again... Being very realistic, he's like, we got caught red-handed. They mm -hmm. caught us plotting to, to screw them over. So, like, I don't think they're going to want to listen to us or trust us or, or take us on our word for anything. So they plan to go back to the gate through to the planet and confess to the elders and ask their spirits for forgiveness. And Daniel and Tilk make it to the gate room, but Takaya is there in her wolf form uh, on the on the ramp. Um, and Daniel tries to ask, he, he's, you know, he asks, can you hear me out? And she reveals her true form and Daniel tells her that, uh, he'll take her to Zales. Mm -hmm. And then two other aliens find Teal'c in the control room and they disappear him away. Daniel leads them to the infirmary. They disappear Sam before, cause she's going to shoot them. Like she's, yeah. she's, you know, they, they disappear her away. And before anyone can say anything, Daniel convinces Jack to let them tend to Zales. There's this funny moment where Jack is like, how do I know it's really you? And Daniel's <laughs> just like, because. 
and he's like he's holding his gun and he's like oh yeah, okay, okay whatever like what well, like i'm, <laughs> like, I'm what outnumbered here yeah like i'm clearly outnumbered what do i have to lose at this point um so they heal him like all the group of aliens come in and they heal zales and they transport everyone back to the gate room did you guys pay attention i don't know why i like focus on the weirdest things but like their hand motions when they were healing Mm-mm. it was like synchronized swimmers that were not in sync because <laughs> oh, like because like some had fist and some had palms but like they it was it, i don't know why it just was a very strange <laughs> they, they they could have practiced it a little bit more that's all i'm gonna say i think they were just fair enough come on guys all together now i know it was for like taping it the way they did i am annoyed that it was not synced up just don't show it <laughs> it was the ocd in me really got irritated at the healing scene anyway continue so we have this next piece of dialogue with zales daniel takaya and a little bit of o'neill i'll do daniel i'll be zales and i'll do takaya okay and a little bit of O'Neill. Okay. Okay. Takaya, destroy this place. Wait, you promised to listen. What they don't know won't hurt them. Isn't that what your leader said, Colonel? Their word means nothing. And so would mine if I were to do as you asked. I have made a promise to this one so that we could save your life. I am listening, but I do not guarantee that your words will sway me from punishing you. And O'Neill asks for what? For trying to deceive the Salish and steal our key, and for attempting to destroy the trust and faith between Tanane's people and my own. And then Jack says, okay, I give you my word that we'll give up this mining operation. And Takaya responds, even if we could trust you, your superiors would not be swayed by your oath. And Jack says, so don't take my word for it. Shut down your Stargate. That way, no one will be able to come to your planet unless you allow it. And Takaya says, star travel is no use to us. Let's close down the Stargate. This does not erase the second transgression. And she is, okay. Sorry, do you want, of, do you yeah. want me to read O'Neill or Takaya? Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize how much Jack was in. You could be, <laughs> uh, just read Jack. I'll just do Jack and Daniel. So, okay, so okay. Jack says, what exposing you, exposing who you are to Tanani? You've been posing as gods for heaven's sake. Is that what you believe we do? When we removed the gold from our planet a millennia ago, we adapted our form to those of the Salish spirits so that we could protect and coexist alongside them in harmony without interfering in their natural evolution. And now, because of you, that harmony has been broken. In time, they will fear us and use the key we scatter through the rivers and forge weapons against us. Daniel says, no, the Salish people you so honor came from this world. Even now, they value the natural world far more than technology. Trust them. And then Jack says, if you really do respect Tanani's people, you shouldn't be posing as their spirits. Trust them. Our friend Tanane is wise, and so is our friend Jack. So they unvanished Tanane, and they reintroduced themselves. But this was super interesting how they decided to coexist with the Salish people. They were like, we'll coexist with them and befriend them in a way that fits their customs and not interfere with their ways of life and let them evolve naturally and not interfere mm-hmm. with that. Um, but it was dishonest, you know, so mm-hmm. 
Jack kind of calls them out on it. Um, so Takaya, Zales, and Tanane. Let's see. I'll just do Tanani. Okay, so uh, I am Takaya. We are honored by the names your forefathers had given us. You view us now in our true form, but this is only one of many forms we can take. Our friends from this world call us aliens. You call us spirits. From now on, Tanane, you and your people may view us in the form which pleases you best. You have always been kind to my people, so whatever makes you happy. I think this form makes us happy. And Tanane and Jack say goodbye, and, you know, they're ready, they're walking out, walking to the gate, and I think it's Jack or Daniel that's like, hey, what about our people? Like, where Mm -hmm. are our people? And I think it's Takaya, she's like, look around you, your people are are returned to you, and everyone has unvanished, and all in the gate room, and they walk through the gate, and then Jack looks to him and then says, he'll have to explain everything. Yeah. Because he was just end. like, what? Yeah. So it was, so I think what we all said in the beginning, it wasn't as problematic as I was remembering it to be, but it still was not great. Right. Um, when I got done watching this, the, like, the way that I could sum it up the best was... Sorry, this hold was, on. Oh. Sorry, there's destruction in the background, so we we'll just keep it in there. But I'm I'm gonna step away for a moment. Okay, okay, just keep going. Well, there was so, a there was a boom of some kind. I heard it too. So, <laughs> we waited for you. Oh, okay, good. Well, I was admiring your fancy globe. I like it. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's like a little nightlight because Ryder gets like because Ryder gets scared, so that's her room. So with lights out at night, if she needs to like leave and then go to my room, yeah, she gets scared of all the dark like out here. Mm-hmm. So it was a good solution my mom came up with when they were coming to visit. They moved I it like out it. into the living room. Yeah, sorry, the fucking cats. Are going to murder each other. That is oh what has been God. established. They literally just spilled over. The thing was them spilling over all the water dishes and just like. So I needed to clean that up before it like went everywhere. Anyway, I'm, I'm so sorry. But so like the way that I could sum up this episode in like one sentence was like, Earth fucked around and found out. Like. Oh, yeah. They thought they were going to pull the wool over these people's eyes. And it's like, we got you. Like, they 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 were the ones. We were the ones that got screwed over. And it's, it's, it's purely, like, our own selfish, greedy mentality. And this is something that Adam brought up. If we hadn't been so greedy and would have just accepted what they would offer to share with us, we probably could have had a friendship with them and had an actual alliance. And... It just became, well, that's not enough. We need more. And it's like, do you though? Like, can't you study it and use like, if it's this precious metal, what, how many, how much precious metal is used in the creation of, of electronics and computers and like motherboards and shit? Right. But also I think about like, so they made a specific point that the NID has specific interest and this is like kind of early on in the series where we're still figuring out like the NID, like we're not quite sure yet how far Mm -hmm. they will go, but I think it's interesting to 
to note that this episode is very clear. Like even Hammond's like, yes, this is order. So I have to, f- these are the orders to follow, but they, they clarify it's coming through NID, like through that thought process. Um, and that, that tracks, that tracks for this constant source of just at, by all, by all cost, whatever it takes, we're going to get what we need. Um, but that's a splinter in the SGC against the NID because as it goes along, you know, just their, their moral compass is just a little bit different. But in this case, it was really frustrating to see him and fall so quickly in line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, they that kind was of frustrating. Just, I, I guess they kind of just had to, to tell the, to get to the point that they were trying to make with the episode because I mean, Sarah, you just said it like they tried to give us this little bit and we could have had a friendship, but we were like, no, we want more. And it's like, well, if that Mm -hmm. ain't the history of America, what the hell is, you know, like, like that's that, that in that in a nutshell, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sure they could have found use for what little that they could have had, or maybe after, after establishing a friendship with them and more trust, maybe the spirits would have been able to give them more access to the trinium yeah. or whatever. But they obviously advanced people. It's like they could yeah. have, they could have actually been incredibly helpful, but and, instead and they, they ruined it with being selfish and greedy. And now they'll never be able to go back. Just like with the Knox, mm-hmm. like, like we were not, we're shutting down the Stargate. You'll never be able to come back. And they ruined it for themselves. And it's like, as as disappointing as it was to see Hammond like fall in line like that, I think it's necessary to to have an accurate portrayal. Like it would have been easy to kind of ham fist in like someone from the NID, like I have orders from the president. This is what we're gonna do, and and make Hammond still the good guy. Of, like I don't like it as much as the net, you know. I don't like it as much as you don't, and and we have our orders, and and I can't override them like like he was in other episodes where he was more reluctant and unwilling but Mm -hmm. i think it's realistic to show that that they're Mm -hmm. not always the good guys and i think that's an important thing to to for for sure i don't know i just okay so the other thing about this episode, which I kind of brought up in the beginning when we're talking about the fry box and then coming into it is this um, whole thing with the spirits and around um, their, they catered to, (laughs) since the audience, they catered instead of being themselves and trusting that being themselves would be enough and that wouldn't be harmful. They just took on what the Tanani's people wanted out of their spirits they just adapted and it's kind of like for me i just thought about that like talking about like our tiktok or content about like the algorithm like what's already predetermined or do you just stay your course and i think that's an interesting conversation at the end they have around jack specifically calling them out and being like you need to trust them you need to just be yourself um because one that is enough like i think about that and like how interesting that an entire species feels so adamant that they can't trust another species. So they just give up their way of being to sacrifice it, to just appease other people. Like there's no autonomy in that. They live their life to like fulfill these other people. Like what, what kind of existence is that? You know, like I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I it's kind of that. like the exact opposite of what 
Earth is doing and SG-1 are doing because they go to these more primitive planets and they're like, we want to help you. Mm -hmm. We can help you evolve and like help you build and grow and like the the very like white savior trope. Mm -hmm. And these aliens are kind of like on the complete opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, we don't want to interfere so much to the point where we will pose as these gods and help them in that specific way. We don't want to interfere with their growth or their evolution in any way at all. So we're going to, we still want to interact with them, but not in a way that's going to force them to change in a way they might not want to. So then like, I'm so curious because they obviously have a more superior um, existence on that planet. You just don't see it, but like what is there behind the veil what is their actual existence maybe they are authentic in that space and when they break into the realm where they're talking to nice people they take on that form yeah i wish we knew more about that because we don't obviously ever find out yeah no because we messed that up (laughs) so we don't get to see them ever again drop the ball earth um Mm -hmm. another thing that i noticed or like just another because you see it so succinctly, like back to back, when they're dealing with these more primitive civilizations, they treat them like children. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, like well, to oh, me, that's it's, kind it's of what spirits. the spirits are treat are doing too, though. Like they're treat they're they're not trusting that they are intelligent enough or whatever to 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 coexist, you know in their normal yeah. way so they're like oh well we'll keep there's some episode of star trek or something that is very similar <laughs> to this and it's driving me crazy and i can't remember it or i can't figure it out but it was something about an alien society an advanced you know versus primitive and not mm-hmm. not crediting the mm-hmm. primitive people in quotations mm-hmm. enough and it's there's some other thing if anybody out there knows what i'm talking about it's probably a star trek episode because that's was my entire life for a while but please yeah. let me know um you can email us oh, <laughs> at better three, late than never refresh short podcast at gmail.com that's the word three please let me know or you can message us on instagram but like it's driving me up the wall that this this very similar theme of something else of not having enough faith in the intelligence of people just because they're not technologically technologically. not as advanced. That doesn't mean that they don't have, you know, intellect and capabilities and like things like that. So, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like when SG-1 interacts with like a less advanced civilization, they almost infantilize them mm-hmm. and they like they don't like their custom seems silly it's like oh it's the spirits oh okay like let me talk to this wolf it's so silly but then when they interact a more advanced civilization like these aliens they don't really have a name it's like they automatically give them more respect because it's like i don't know it's just like this power play where mm-hmm. They oh they're more advanced so we we need to like defer to them immediately they have more power over us when they might not even be like very good people at all like you don't know enough about them it was just this interesting dichotomy that you see where it's like you see them treat Tanane and his culture kind of like shit 
like not not SG1 directly, like, you know, they maybe infantilize them a little bit or like think that their customs are silly. Uh, but then like Earth as a whole, like the government as a whole are just like, we're going to go in there and do what we want. Like, we don't care. Just like ultimately disrespect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that was, you know, if you went and there was a more advanced civilization, would you be so keen to act that way? Probably not. No, because yeah. they're more advanced and you still want something from them. So. I mean, it's it's just selfish either way, you know, yeah, like it's all a power play. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, <sighs> the guy that played Zales is in like a bunch of Stargate SG-1 episodes. His name is oh, Alex really? Zahara. He also is one of the main guys in the Space Race episode, also covered in makeup. Um, oh, yeah. And he's in the episode Metamorphosis um, mm. where you see his actual face a little better, but he's still one of those like near T like messed with people in that. So he's back he, to your Star Trek thing. Was it the episode called Dear Doctor? Adam of, is looking of it up. Which of which one? Dear Doctor sounds like which which was it? Uh, it's the Star Trek Enterprise series with uh, Captain Jonathan Archer. No, I wouldn't know it from that no, because I hated Enterprise. Oh. <laughs> okay. But probably, I'm I'm saying it's a trope. It's used a lot, but there's one specifically that I'm kind of vaguely remembering and i'm usually pretty good at remembering more specifics but you're gonna you're gonna find it like or remember it as soon as we close out the podcast if i do i'll I'll say something on instagram or something about it but like yeah i love it i love it all right so we have anything else on the episode that was was pretty good and clean and straightforward it's actually a beefier episode than i than i thought we were gonna get out of this one so yeah it's a lot All of right. ir- ir- irony in there, you know, like repeating history, that kind of thing, where it's like, you know what, it, you know, we kind of deserve to be vanished away. We stunk. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. All right. So I'm excited because next week we talk about um, Touchstone. Mm-hmm. That's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then the week after that is the fifth race. Yeah, that's when stuff starts getting really cool. <laughs> that's gonna be another big beefy. The meta be arc, yes, thickens. Yep. It does. I love it. I love it. Oh my god! All right. I said I was closing it out. Yeah, this you time. did. What I you did. Oh, you said god. you were doing it. I did it's it last turn. time. Okay. 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 Oh god! All right. Let me think about this. It's the one benefit to having guests on the show is we can make them do it. <laughs> Put them on the spot. Put right. them on the spot. All right, let me see who I want to channel on this one. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, oh, God. Okay. Um, how do I want to do this? Okay. All right. I got it. I got it. Zales, if it pleases you in your majesty, would you do us the honor of opening the gate so that we may go through and then close it forever behind us, if it pleases you, with your big, beautiful eyes? (laughs) Close the iris. (laughs) Nice. And done. (laughs) 